Our gospel lesson for today, the third Sunday of Advent, comes from John chapter 1, verses 6 through 8 and 19 through 28. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. This is the testimony given by John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? He confessed and did not deny it, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. Then they said to him, who are you? Let us have an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, why then are you baptizing if you are neither the Messiah nor Elijah nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water. Among you stands one whom you do not know, the one who is coming after me. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. This took place in Bethany, across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, people of God, may the grace and peace of our triune God be yours today and forever. Amen. As I've gotten a little bit older, there are things that I'm starting to realize. And one of the truths that I have realized, both just as an adult, as well as as a parent, is that we are just making it up as we go along. Wisdom is slowly gathered over the course of years and experience, but really we're just reacting to whatever's going on around us. Now, as I've learned this, and as I've tried to pass on this knowledge, this, this, this wisdom that I've gathered as a parent to my kids, there's one bit of, of knowledge, or one bit of advice, I should say, that I've tried to give my kids, specifically my son, but I've also given it to, to other teenagers as well. And it has to do with those teenage years. And it goes like this. Every 15-year-old boy is a moron. Just try not to be much of a moron. Now, my son is almost 17, and I've been telling him that since he became a teenager, because it applies to all of the teenage years. But the first time I said that, he looked at me once, kind of funny, and he said, well, were you a 15-year-old moron? And I said, son, I'm still a 15-year-old moron. I just hide it better now. And there's truth in that statement. But as I think back to my teenage years, I did some pretty foolish things. I did some things that really weren't very smart at all, and I'm just lucky I got away with them. Now, there's one thing in particular. I have a memory of doing this actually a couple of different times, but I lived out in the country, uh, up in the northern part of the state, um, a little ways away from, from where I'm at now, but, but I remember as a teenager, especially on the weekends when I would be at a friend's house and I would be driving home late, just like teenagers always do, they stay out late. And I can remember very, very vividly in the middle of the winter when there would be a whole lot of, of, of white fluffy snow blanketing everything up in the northern port part of the state and there would be a full moon. I can just remember how bright everything was, even in the middle of the night when there was no one else around and I was completely alone on these back roads up around the farms. And I can remember, again, not smart, I'm not saying you should do this, but I remember doing it, more than once of driving down these gravel roads and there being so much brightness in, in the, the, dark, the, the darkness of night because of the, the full moon and all of the snow that I would turn off my headlights and I would just drive down the road and I could still see. Now, again, this was foolish. I shouldn't have done it, but I remember having done so. 
And I did it because I thought with my bright young eyes and my foolish demeanor that I could see well enough. There was enough light bouncing around off that snow that was coming from the moon, which of course itself was shining the light of the sun. That's the thing that I'm really thinking about in all of this. As I think about this passage, as I think about where we're at now in the season of Advent, I think about how how light itself works that it originates from something and then it strikes something else and bounces off and that light that bounces off and comes and hits our eyes somehow we can visually see it that is how the light works but this light that i was seeing it didn't originate from the snow it didn't originate from the moon it originated from something else those were simply reflecting the light that was created by something else now here we are in the season of advent And as we wait for the coming Messiah, the celebration of Jesus' birth that we will celebrate at Christmas here in a couple of more weeks, we have featured those who came before, those those things, those situations, those people who point towards the coming Messiah. Now, if you caught our video last week, this passage may sound kind of familiar. It may sound very, very similar to what we had a week ago because, of course, we had the story of John the Baptist. We have the story of the one who is the forerunner of Christ, the one who is out in the wilderness proclaiming a a, a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, but preparing the way for the coming Messiah. Now, what I love about this, even though it's similar to what we heard last week out of Mark's gospel, this week we've got John. Now, some of you have heard me talk about John's gospel and how I appreciate John's gospel because it is different. There are vast differences in what we hear about Jesus, the life and the ministry of Jesus, the Christ event, if we want to call it that, including what we have about John that's different here in John's gospel that's different from Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And we have the same sort of situation here. Now, the featured person today is John the Baptist. Now, let me clarify, a little side note here. John the Baptist, not the same as the person who wrote John. Okay, two different people, even though they have the same name. So we've got the one we call John the Baptist. But the interesting thing here in John's gospel, or the fourth gospel, if we want to call it that, is that we never hear that John baptizes Jesus. In fact, we don't necessarily even need to call him the Baptist, because even though there are a few little hints, we never actually hear about him baptizing anyone, including Jesus. Rather, He is one who has come to bear witness. He is one who has come to talk about the Messiah, the one who is coming. He has come to bear witness to the light, to testify about it. Now, we even hear that. Right before this passage picks up today, we hear there was a man who came from God whose name was John. Right before that, we hear about the light which shines in the darkness and that John came to bear witness to that light. Everything that we hear about him in the fourth gospel, John is always pointing others towards the Messiah, away from himself, because he knows who he is and he knows who he is not. We hear that. Are you Elijah? No. Are you the prophet? No. Are you the Messiah? No. I'm coming to show you. That's what he was doing, constantly pointing others towards the Messiah, constantly bearing witness with his own life, with his own actions, with his own words towards the one who is to come. As we are preparing for the coming of the Messiah, we are in that same mode. We are waiting for the one who, as we think about it, past tense, Jesus has already been born. He has already lived. He has already died. He has already rose again. All of that has happened in the past. 
And whatever it is that God is accomplishing through the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus, it is somehow making it possible for us to exist in relationship, to exist in harmony with God, despite the brokenness that is a part of us. Despite the darkness that's a part of this world, that light of God is already shining. And just like John, we are called to bear witness to it as well. Now, John may have been the forerunner of Christ, but he was also a follower of Christ. We hear about that in some of the other Gospels, that he listened, he learned from Jesus in a limited capacity, but he can be considered a follower of Christ just like we are. And if he was constantly bearing witness to the light of Christ, folks, so are we. We are called to do the same thing. We are called to bear witness with our words, with our actions, with the way that we live our lives in a way that is reflecting this light of God that shines in the darkness. As I think about all of this and think about the ways that we do so, I think that sometimes there is this idea or this, I was going to say myth. I don't think that's quite the right word, but there is this idea that you have to be someone special in order to talk about God. That you have to be, uh, you have to be given that task specifically, or you have to wear the collar, or you have to have the robes on, or you have to have the name pastor in front of your name in order to do that. But folks, that's not the case. We are all called to speak of our experience. That's what John was doing. He came to bear witness to what he had seen, and what he bears witness to is how he saw the baptism of Jesus, and with that, the heavens were torn asunder, and the Holy Spirit landed upon Jesus like a dove. This is the one of whom I speak. That's what John talks about. That same Holy Spirit empowered him, John, to do this. And likewise, that same Holy Spirit empowers all of us. Now, we proclaim that the Holy Spirit is a gift of baptism, that we receive it at, at, in the waters of baptism. And while that is true, I also believe that that Holy Spirit empowers whoever God chooses. And whoever is empowered by God, whoever is affected by the gospel, whoever finds joy in the presence of God in their lives, we are all called to share it. All of us. Over the course of the last several years, during the season of Lent, which is coming up here in a few more months, Our congregation is gathered here in the sanctuary, and we have listened to the testimony, to the witness of different people of ways that they have seen God active over the course of their lives. Now, we've we've heard from a number of people, and I can attest that it's gotten harder and harder and harder to find folks who are willing to, to do so, willing to stand up here where I'm at now and share with the people sitting out there in the pews of this is what God has done in my life, and this is where I've seen. And as I've asked people, as I've had as I've had conversations with them about the possibility of them sharing, I always hear the same thing. Oh, I wouldn't know what to say. Oh, I don't have anything to add. God hasn't done anything in my life. And you know what? I call that false. We all have stories of what God has done in our lives, ways that God's greater story has interacted with our story and together our story becomes part of God's greater story. And that is a wonderful, wonderful thing. Every single time we've had someone come up here and testify or share or bear witness, whatever we want to call it, it's never disappointing. And I sat out there in the pews time after time after time and just been amazed at the action that God has taken in the lives of these individuals. That's what it means to bear witness to the action of God in the world. This world that is so desperate for words of love. So it's so desperate for words of acceptance, for words that, that point towards the promises that we have a God that loves all of us and that loves all of this and is doing something about the brokenness. 
I often talk about the four-chapter story. God made it. Somehow humanity messed it up, but Jesus redeemed it, and now we are all invited into the work of that reconciliation. And this is how we do our little part, when we bear witness to that which God has done. Just like the moon doesn't create its own light, but simply reflects the light of the sun, just like John, we are called to bear witness and reflect the light of the sun that has shined in our lives so that all the world may see it, so that those around us may see it and may understand that God loves you, God is for you, and that Jesus has come to prove it. Amen.